Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Oh my gosh, Charlie. Oh my gosh, Will. Tommy White hitting bombs left and right. Yeah, did you think of that off the dome? Or was that? Of course. So that is, I mean, so we just got done with the first weekend of the long awaited arrival of Division I baseball commencing. And now in this episode, it's our week one recap. That is, of course, at the end, you're going to have a fun little draft that we did. And then. Toward the end, also, we're going to have some scorching hot takes, but let's just start with uh, just kind of your opening takes of the weekend. And I know you already said his name as we just began this episode a few seconds in, but my goodness, how how good is Tommy White? He's a dog. Yeah, Tommy White's making me look a lot smarter than I am. I'm not upset about it. Like, he hits nukes and he's going to keep hitting nukes. And he, that's just crazy. That's like, like, it's crazy. You have to hit a homer in your first ever, like at, at bat in college. It nonetheless hit three in your first game. And then a grand slam the next day, then another one on Sunday. That's that's one for the ages. That's the best uh, opening to a career I've ever seen. It really is so impressive. And I mean, people, we, we, we were talking about him a little bit in our ACC preview, a young kid from IMG Academy. We think this kid could uh, do some good stuff. And I mean, he had five hits in his first game. You talk about the three home, five home runs in your first collegiate weekend. I mean, that is amazing. And I know later in the show, we're going to get kind of to our, uh, at least three stars of the weekend, yeah. Charlie. And I know that he obviously, I mean, we can both agree he was the biggest star of the weekend. And I don't even know if it was a, a surprise to you because you obviously, uh, you're right on the money with that. And that, that was just a big time take right there. Well, I mean, I was definitely right that he'd do well. I was, did not think he hit five home runs to start, but let's keep the bats uh, rattling, I guess, for Tommy. No doubt about it, but there was some interesting results over the week and just straight off the top. I mean, when we kind of break down some of these series and some of these results, I know there were some ranked teams that upset some other ranked teams, you could say. And then there was also some unranked teams picking up series victories. Where do you want to start in terms of just breaking down some of these marquee series matchups over the first weekend? Well, do you just want to go with? the marquee uh, matchup from the weekend in my eyes and just go in terms of just ranking with Oklahoma state and Vanderbilt. Let's do it. Well, why don't you start? You had your boy thrown Friday. No doubt. I mean, he, so Chris McIlvain getting the Friday night start, I think that in itself kind of initially caused some commotion, not commotion, but at least some noise, right? Yeah. It was okay. a slight surprise. Okay. They're going with Chris McIlvain. Corbin always knows what he's doing. You look at at least the, respect of what it means to be a Friday night guy at Vanderbilt. I mean, that's pretty high regard. I mean, it's kind of an, I mean, every game means the same, but being the Friday night guy, obviously you're the ace, you're the Friday night guy. And having that respect, having that really, I would say expectation as a Friday night Vanderbilt guy to have success, especially an opening weekend in Nashville, going up against another top 10 opponent. Chris McIlvain shoved. I mean, he 
threw the ball extremely effectively. And I was really just impressed. I mean, I really, I nearly watched every pitch that he threw and he is a guy that really has just earned this spot. You know, he's been around this program now for a couple years and man, you talk about the strikeouts he had. He was just, I mean, he was really impressive. It was one of the most impressive pitching outings, I think, of the weekend. Now, the volume wasn't there. You know, you could say, okay, he went four innings. But, man, Charlie, he was really impressive. And I take a lot away from, I think Vanderbilt can be comfortable now on Friday nights knowing that, Chris McIlvain is going to get the ball and Chris McIlvain is going to do some big stuff. Four innings, no runs, 10 strikeouts, one walk. He threw 79 pitches and man, he was just so impressive. I mean, nearly all his outs were by the punch out. His electric stuff was just uh, really overwhelming for an Oklahoma state lineup who of course that's who I think deserves even more of the attention because they were able to take the series in this one, but McIlvain for sure. He, he is one of my main stars of the week. Yeah. I mean, everything you said is really true. And I, to also put it in perspective perspective too, it's not like uh, Corbin was walking out against some unranked, just warm up team. It was against Oklahoma state. He's got an awesome lineup and you're absolutely right. I guess the only like, critique you can give him is like, you like him to be a little bit, to be a little bit more efficient with his pitches. It's like 79 over four is not great, but he struck out 10. Like the results speak for himself. And he had dueled a first rounder and Justin Campbell and Campbell himself did pretty well. He also had four hits over four innings. Great. Gave up three runs, but he still had eight Ks. So not terrible. Could be better. It's Campbell. He'll be better. That was a big, that's just a big series. No, it was. And let's, let's uh, dissect this series. Cause going into it, we were kind of thinking, Two teams on paper, I think that both have a great shot to get to Omaha with the roster. And there's some pretty good hitters that came alive in game two and three of the series for the Cowboys. The first guy, at least that comes to mind for me, just because of how much you love on him, is Big Griffin. I mean, Griffin Dorshing did great. I mean, five for 10 over the weekend with a home run, three doubles. And then Jake Thompson, he swung the bat incredibly well, going six for 10 over the weekend. Those two experienced collegiate hitters really showed uh, why they're going to be a problem. I mean, Jake Thompson, we know the story from Kentucky over to the Cowboys, and now he's really hit his stride, was all Big 12 last year. I expect the same out of him this year. This is an Oklahoma State lineup that certainly is dangerous with Dorshing and Thompson setting the tone. And we didn't even talk about uh, other guys in this lineup who can produce, who maybe didn't have a great opening weekend. So I think that was really encouraging for Oklahoma State to be able to pick up that marquee series victory. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, overall, like they both have, the, both these staffs have really good pitching. Uh, Medeiros and Maldonado both were, they're fine on Saturday, but yeah, like you said, Griffin Dorsing had an awesome weekend. I was loving, loving to see that. I've been calling him the Okage because he's a big Naruto fan. So take out the H out of the Oklahoma. Uh, Spencer Jones kind of went off on Saturday too. He had he collected four hits. It's good to see Spencer Jones back. He's got, I like Spencer Jones. He's just got a clean swing and he's six seven. It's hilarious to watch him. No, it is. And I think that, you, I mean, this Vanderbilt lineup, I think is certainly dangerous, but do you, I think that for Oklahoma state, like and watching this game and going up, of course, against Vanderbilt's lineup, I know like their pitching 
is great. And we talk about McIlvain setting the tone, but I'm, are you, what do you kind of take away from at least what we saw initially on the mound in terms of the starting rotation? I know you mentioned they're good. Bryce Osmond, Victor Medeiros, and Justin Campbell. Those are three guys who, who get the nod for you to start. And those are three guys who they're starting. They went zero and one. I, I mean, Osmond and Medeiros didn't get a decision. I know wins and losses, it's whatever. But I think that they each went four for Campbell, four for Medeiros, five for Osman. But I think those are three guys that if they can hone in their potential, that can really be one of the best pitching staffs in the country, at, at least in terms of the starting rotation, if they can hone in on their potential. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I also – this wasn't the best showing ever, but, you know, you're playing Vanderbilt at, at, at Vanderbilt. You're not – I'm not expecting you to, you know, throw 12 Ks on five innings like everybody else, but – there was only three home runs the whole weekend exactly. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I thought, I, I think my favorite performance from the OSU is probably Osmond. I thought Osmond was really good on Sunday. He had eight Ks over five innings. He still at three earned only one walk. That was nice. To, they didn't really give him a ton of walks overall, which is a good thing. Carter Holton kind of wasn't great in my eyes on Sunday. I'm not, it's also week one. So I don't really have a very hard takes on any of these guys. Like I, the rest of the season's going. But another guy I was uh, encouraged by was Roman Falascar. Was uh, he went four strong on Saturday after yeah. uh, Medeiros? He was really good. And I have a question for you, Will. I know it caused some controversy on Twitter, but what did you feel about those electric wristbands that Vandy was bumping with? I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. controversy. Like, well, controversy, about- like as in, like some people were like, "Okay, this takes away too much from letting your catcher call a game instead of the, the coach and things like that." I get it's for the pace of play. I I see both sides of it. I think, it looks well, goofy, no, I, I, I I think really you care. bring up a, I think you bring up a great point. And for people who don't know that all the, all the pitchers had those wristbands, but I think it's no different than the pitcher looking into the dugout when coach gives them a sign or catchers who now have earpieces and get, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how it is. And that's just a way Vanderbilt's doing it. One thing I do like, as we continue to kind of wrap up our breakdown of this series and move on to some other marquee ones is I love the cleats Vanderbilt had kind of honoring, honoring some lost soldiers. And I think that was really a nice move by the players in Nashville and Tim Corbin. I mean, Vanderbilt obviously has some of the most swag, but they try to get that back after taking a series loss. Yeah, absolutely. Corbin's the C stands for classy. That's what Tim Corbin's all about. And that's what Vanderbilt is. They're just a, Vanderbilt's like they're like they're the most professional like organization in college baseball. No, they really are. They're a well-oiled machine. And I'm not really we're not really too. I mean, we're talking about Oklahoma State getting the victory, but I in no way I think we could be we're really concerned about Vanderbilt. Yeah. But I think it's just more uh, of a positive mindset that you have for Oklahoma State to be able to bounce back after dropping game one and take the series. Charlie, I know that a team you were certainly high on when we talk about at least takes, and this is just kind of coming off the dome because of the fact that I know how high you were on Texas and the Longhorns, and they obviously are playing Rice, but overwhelming dominance in the opening weekend. Were you encouraged what you saw from the Longhorns, a team that you certainly picked to win it all, and a team that, I mean, they go 3-0, and but they kind of do it in overwhelming fashion against Rice? Yeah, they did exactly what I think a lot of people expect them to. They pitched well, they played good defense, and they absolutely raked. I think the perfect uh, all-encompassing moment was Ivan Melendez's absolute nuke to center field. I think that kind of is a great way to show in a nutshell what Texas can do and is going to keep doing. No, Melendez, he had two hits all weekend. 
both of them were home runs, but yeah. they also got like Trey Faltini. We were kind of wondering what his bat's going to look like. He had a really good opening weekend, five for 13, three runs, hit a home run. Yeah. You know, he had some uh, multiple extra base hits, but I was more concerned. I'm not even concerned. I'm more interested in talking about Texas pitching staff because I know that's obviously who we wanted to talk about. And when, when we talk about it right off the jump, I mean, Pete Hansen, Tristan Stevens and Tanner Witt. I mean, you, you look at it, they combined each went five innings, six innings and six innings, Hansen and Stevens six. And overall the starting rotation who each gave you a quality start. They only allowed one earned run as a starting staff over the weekend. I mean, Texas in total only allowed three earned runs over the entire weekend in 27 innings. But I mean, that's pretty impressive out of the starting rotation, Charlie. Yeah, it's it's like Rice is not they're not a national threat this year, but they're not a slash of a program either. And yeah, that's crazy. You giving up three runs over a whole weekend series is bananas. Like, I don't care who you're playing, that's beyond impressive. Like, you could be playing an NAIA that's last in the division, but nonetheless. You only give it three runs. That's a hell of a showing overall. Like, not there's not really a whole. There's no negatives that you can really give to Texas this week, last weekend. No, I like that. And when we talk about this, this is I love this kind of free flow, just breaking down the opening weekend, Charlie. And if this conversation goes away where you don't want it to go, let me know. But when you talk about maybe a little bit of struggle. I don't know if the right word is to say, but Chase Delotter, certainly the first two games of the opening weekend struggle, but Florida State, I thought had a very unique tactic going up against one of the best left-handed hitters in the country. They roll out three straight lefties. I would say the one-two punch is by far, I don't know, by far is a little bit of a hot take, but the one-two punch is really good. And Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard, Bryce Hubbard just absolutely shoved. He's one of my favorite favorite pitchers and man, we're going to get to that, but chase the lot are a little bit of a struggle out of the gate, but you probably expect that to get going up against three straight MLB potential draft picks and two, certainly that I think you could see in the first couple rounds with Messick and Hubbard up front kind of a recap, at least what you saw from that Seminoles and James Madison series and Jace Delauder, who obviously you kind of expect almost him to struggle against such good left-handed pitching. Well, I can wrap it up really quick. I didn't really, I didn't get a chance to really watch any of the series, but I mean, Florida State did what Florida State does. I know, I don't think James Madison's that terrible, but like, it's also as hard. Like, if you're, when you're of that caliber, like Chase Delauder is, you're going to be targeted throughout the lineup. For, like, you have a whole lot of bats to protect you all around you, it kind of leaves you exposed. And like Florida State, like you said, they, you throw, you roll out um, three lefties in a row and two of them, like Messick's for sure, first rounder, Hubbard's probably up there too. Like, it's going to be hard. I honestly like in this, this could be my hot take. I don't know if there is going to be a better pitcher in the entire country when it's all said and done than Bryce Hubbard. I mean, his stuff, like watching his command of his off-speed pitches is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen from a college pitcher. Five innings, 13 strikeouts, no walks, two hits, got the win, shove to start, give you five just great innings near perfection from Bryce Hubbard. I mean, man, it's just so I I am all in on this guy. He doesn't allow anyone to get on base. 
And he, I mean, his stuff is just nasty, Charlie. I know how much we talk about Messick, but tell me, give me some of that Saturday. I, every Saturday, I am going to try to find where Florida State is playing and literally watch every single pitch that this young man throws. I am all in on Bryce Hubbard, and I don't even know if you can call it a hot take. I mean, he, he just shoves, and you can get him for double-digit Ks nearly every game. Yeah, Bryce Hubbard's a dog. I don't know if he's the best pitcher in the country, but he's certainly not far off if he isn't the best pitcher. I think there's just a lot to go through. And I, I don't know. James Mass is not the best team ever, so I don't think he's going to be – what he, right. he struck out like 13? Is that what it was? 13, yeah, and five. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's something slight. A little well, bit. No, no, I agree with what you're saying. And I know a guy that you've talked about being the best pitcher in the country – is I mean I know and, and like it's it's dumb because obviously a lot of people say this but Pete Hansen from Texas you know you're the number one team in the country's ace like yeah Pete Hansen's really good how about this though Charlie there's another guy with a similar name Pete <laughs> Peter Hansen from Bradley he went five for eight in the opening weekend six walks as well good for a 625 batting average and an 800 OBP. Now I know we're probably not going to talk about Bradley much at all on this podcast, but I thought it was interesting kind of looking through who performed well over the weekend. Pete Hansen certainly did his job, but Peter Hansen from Bradley, which I'm pretty sure is no relation at all. He actually did good as well, but I don't think there's anything much else to say other than uh, two Pete Hansen's uh, did pretty good over the weekend. Yeah, it was a great weekend. If your name's Pete Hansen, that's easy enough to say. Uh, Texas Pete Hansen is the better player, but for the sake of this and the fact that eight six walks is a ton and you hit six twenty five, I'm gonna I'll say the weekend was won by Bradley Pete Hansen. That's fair. I think that's fair. Eight hundred. Um, let's OVP. let's kind of let's. I kind of want to follow this now throughout the year. Does like does do we find like a diamond in the rough, like a guy who may just rake at a mid major conference just because of our infatuation with Pete Hansen out the front? I mean, Bradley had a couple guys that just raked. Well, who did uh, who did Bradley play? I didn't like watch any Bradley. Uh. No, I honestly didn't watch any Bradley baseball over the weekend either. But Bradley. And to get to your answer, had another kid, Jackson Chatterin, Chatterton, who had seven runs driven in in three yeah. games over the weekend. But when we look at the Bradley Braves and what they did over the weekend, Charlie, and I don't think we should spend too much more time on this. They went two and one over the weekend against Western Michigan, which is a pretty good series win for them. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's really all we got to say. They, they, they play uh, moving forward, and maybe we kind of uh, keep an eye on what's going on in Peoria, Illinois, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, my dad went there, so I have no problem with that. I know he'll like that. So, roll oh. brace. Shout out to Mr. Bornoff. How about another guy? And I know as much as you want to shout out Tommy White, and he he has to. The king. What about Kay Doty? I mean. Yeah, he did okay. What, he averaged like four RBIs per game? I know, I know you like him. No, I, I mean, K Doty from LS, LSU, and I know we're going to get to this. Let's just do it now. LSU is my pick to win the national championship. Um, I know that you can have a little bit of a concern with maybe their pitching, which is fine. But Money I look good, though, on Friday. Money looks right? really good. Now, no. it was Maine, but the thing I really liked was I was watching that game. His numbers might not be right, but I think they're like, one, he struck, she shoved. He had 10 Ks, but... uh. He, uh, I think he only had like he went through like eight balls through the uh, like first three or four innings. Like he was just uh, insanely efficient. 
just out of the world efficient. He was money. Yes, money was money. Take that to the bank. Yeah, Blake Money did a really good job. Seven innings, 10 Ks, one walk. But you look at what they do over the weekend. And yeah, I mean, their pitching staff in three games had a 4-3-3 ERA. But, But they scored 51 runs over the weekend. They hit 388 as a team over the weekend. And man, how about just some performances? Obviously, Kay Doty, the SEC player of the week. I mean, he went eight for 14, three doubles, two home runs, but then other All-American candidates, Trey Morgan raked, Dylan Cruz raked, my guy Jacob Berry raked, and then Braden Jobert raked. You had five guys with above a 1,000 OPS on the opening weekend. I mean, this was just just unbelievable like LSU I'm so high on LSU and they have guys who don't even get at bats who were like middle of the order hitters for them last year like Kay Beloso and other players so like they are so good they're loaded Doty Morgan Cruz Barry Jobert I don't want to face this lineup if I did Charlie I would I don't think I could get an out I, I, they, you would have to get, go to the bullpen, but obviously I, I'm not good at baseball, but I even think good baseball players couldn't get these guys out. Yeah, no, I think I said in like our SEC breakdown, like if you go down to LSU, your ERA is going to jump at least a point. Like they're just going to, they're going to take you yard every time. And like, I don't, I mean, they could win. I just, uh, World Series, I just, depends what the pitching does. I just, I'm not sold on the pitching yet. Like they had a, money was a really good showing on Friday, but like once again, it's main. It's not, it's all, I mean, I'm stuttering through this. I guess I would say, I, I'm not going to take my LSU pick to where they get into SEC play. No, that's fair. I, I need some more legit stuff. They're going to rape, like, regardless, like, that was main. Like, they still absolutely went bananas, and they still have all the talent to do it. Absolutely. So I, I I wanted to get right away to that Florida State James Madison series just because of the simple fact that they're stars in that. And I know I'm glad we were able to break that down. LSU, though, that nice little series sweep. They have guys that just absolutely rake, but there were some other teams that raked. I know you talk about Tommy white, but the whole NC state squad raked. Talk about a team hungry going into this season after what happened last year. Wasn't it kind of fun to see how they opened up this weekend and just see, okay, NC state. Yeah. They have a young man, Mr. White that has jumped into the equation, but this team in general, I mean, the wolf pack just in that same category with LSU, your ERA is going up and they get a, a pretty comfortable season or series sweep over Evansville. I mean, they put up 24 runs in the first game. Certainly their offensive numbers are going to be pretty high after one weekend. NC State, uh, have you ever seen Taken, the Liam Neeson movie? Come on, I'm movie sheltered. Oh, oh, come on now. Anyways, uh, Evansville is basically like, uh, NC State's on their Liam Neeson Taken shit. They are out for revenge because, the NCAA stole their daughter last year with the World Series appearance, so they're back to kill everybody this year. And unfortunately for Evansville, they're like the first thug in every like, first like lackey that ever gets murked right away. So Evansville is just the first on the murderer's row for NC State. But like, it wasn't just the that's the no. thing. It's like Tommy White was obviously the star of the whole country, but like, what Dominic about Pioli had a really good weekend? What about JT Jarrett? You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Yeah, Pioli had a couple bombs. Jarrett had seven hits. Josh Hood, a guy we talked about really highly of. He had a great weekend. How about Noah Souls? 
NC State across the board is pretty impressive. And I know that we even talked about what David Harrison and Matt Wilderson could do on the mound. They both provide a good quality start. So I think How did, that, high, did high fall strike out 10 on Friday. High field went five and a third. He struck out four and oh, he allowed Connor, three earned from. runs. So he, he didn't honestly, he probably had the worst. Great. He probably had the worst start. I mean, he yeah. definitely did out of Harrison Willison and High Phil. But I yeah. mean, those are three pretty good arms. And NC State, obviously, a team that we had to just break down just because of the fact that I mean, they're they're a dang good team. They can Tommy, hit yeah. Tommy White won every like player of the week, like every publication. I'm pretty sure. I think he swept it. I can oh, make, I can be completely wrong on that, but like everything I've seen is oh, it's always Tommy White, and as it should be. No, absolutely. And I know we're talking about some of the big guys. We've got to the Vanderbilt, Oklahoma State. We get to the NC State and LSU. And when we talk about some other teams, at least that I want to kind of get to one of them. And I know that later on in the podcast, this may make more sense to some people. But how about what Southern Miss did in the opening weekend, sweeping North Alabama, a a somewhat of a formidable opponent, but they just talk about shoving on the mound. They absolutely shoved just like a UCF team. UCF, I think, shoved better than anyone, not allowing an earned run all weekend. But here is what Southern Miss did. And to steal a saying from you, All they did, Charlie, is strike out 38 guys and walk four and have a .67 ERA through a three-game sweep. Yeah, Southern Miss was awesome. And I no offense to North Alabama, I wouldn't call them a good opponent, but when you with I don't care who you're playing, same thing, you gotta throw the ball in the zone. You do that kind of stuff with striking out to walk ratio. They're in it's only after one week, but they're we looked it up, they're like they're uh K's to strike out or K's to walk ratio is like nine and a half, which is leads the country for a yep. staff for, for the just, opening weekend. But when we, when we transition and there's a conference that needs some love, Charlie, how about how the ACC just raked? They hit the most home runs in the opening weekend, second in average, second in OBP, just to the SOCON in those two latter categories. But ACC just absolutely crushed the baseball. I mean, that, that I think we've got to give ourselves some credit because we were talking about how good the ACC was. And one team I want to talk about is Virginia tech they get a they get a pretty uh dominant season opening sweep over unc Asheville. they score 17 runs in the first game and then 10 in the final they went 17 8 and 10 for their total run output for the weekend virginia tech and the Hokies can really hit and they can hit at a high level. And I think that all started with a guy like Nick Bittison and Jack Hurley and Cade Hunter, who each had five hits in the opening weekend. Yeah, that'll play. Uh, Virginia Tech, like we say, is really good. Gavin Cross is one of the best players in the country. Asheville's not a bad squad to start the season off against, like you said before. Um, I get a chance to watch a lot of the VTech series, but VTech's one of the squads where things start clicking there, a team that can make a lot of noise. The ACC is no. just... ACC is really good. Like I, I know we said that. I don't think it's really a hot take at all. I think it's just kind of SEC is the best a fact. There's talent, fact. talent wise, but like ACC is right behind them. ACC is really, really good this year. And there's they have so many teams that can just mess anybody up. Yeah, and then Virginia Tech just, I mean, they're they raked the opening weekend. Yeah. And I thought that was just. I was kind of shocked that they raked that much. I mean, they hit nearly 400 as a team. They had dang near what a, a way over a thousand OPS as a team the first weekend, and it was Cade Hunter who had two home runs and went five for seven, two homers, two doubles. He raked. I mean, 
Kate Hunter, he really started to figure it out toward the end of the summer last year. And now he's a guy that's right in this Hokies lineup who can do damage. You mentioned Gavin Cross. I mean, he needs to be talked about more than anybody. And man, this is this is a fun uh, Virginia Tech team to watch, especially with uh, Nick Bittison too. So they certainly can rake. Yeah, Kate Hunter's turning into the But we'll have a question for you, though, man. Non-ACC, yeah. though. How'd your uh, guy up at Old Monmouth do? I love it. I love that you brought this up, Charlie. Um, I, I'm so high on my guy from Monmouth, and that's Trey Dombrowski. I mean, Dombrowski is just unbelievable, I think. Um, yeah, he goes up against Penn State. Six innings, seven strikeouts, no walks, and Monmouth wins. Monmouth, I think, is really – I mean, they went they went three and one to begin their season, picking up a win against Northeastern and Penn State. Monmouth, they're a it's really a quality good, wins too. Oh, yeah, they're a really good team, and they don't just have Dombrowski. They've got some really good arms. I think Trey Dombrowski, though, needs some respect on his name because he is he is really one of the best. I don't care if we talk about power five, non-power five, small schools, big schools. It doesn't matter. He is he is the one of the best pitchers in the entire country. He has shown that year in and year out. And after he, he had a sub one in the Cape Cod League and he was the most outstanding pitcher in that league, I mean, he, I think he started to even get more respect. But, yeah, he shoved six innings, no runs, seven Ks, no walks. I mean, he's just – I mean, what – else could you like at about a 65 235 pound lefty that throws strikes he 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 was fun to watch in the opening weekend and he's a guy i hope we can talk about every single week yeah i know you believe him a lot and i trust you like he's definitely one of the most slept on or underrated uh small school arms just arms in general in the nation like he's he shoved in the cape didn't he oh my right gosh here. he was the best pitcher on the cape by by honestly a country mile he was uh he it says he a was, lot too and he was the most outstanding pitcher um, in the league. Like, he got the award. He, I mean, he had one of the best Cape seasons ever. I mean, he literally had a sub one. Um, he, was, he was unbelievable. Talk about small schools, or at least non-power fives. How about what Mason Hole did over the weekend for Missouri State? An Effingham, Illinois native. He went six for 13 with 10 runs driven in at Central Arkansas over the opening weekend. So how about Missouri State with that nice little performance? They pick up, they go two and one to begin their season, picking up a series victory over Central Arkansas. And they won the games on Saturday and Sunday to ultimately take that series. And a nice little performance from another guy in a smaller school, Mason Hole doing some good stuff. Yeah, it was a good weekend for most state. Uh, they're definitely taking some steps in the right direction. I think baseball's better when most state's good. I, I kind of miss those days when most state was just an absolute power, just winning Mo oh, Valley yeah. left and right. No, like DBU, 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 yeah, DBU is now like the cream of the crop for Mo Valley for a couple of years. You kind of see them coming up on it a few years ago, but like I like when I, I love when the most state bears are good at baseball. It's the best. It's uh, one of the best parts of baseball, in my opinion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like they, they're a team not too long ago. They were top 25 every year. They, they were, were going yeah. to the NCAA tournament were a power. And so that, that definitely was fun. That was some good stuff. I know we talk about, uh, 
but some of these... we're, we're getting we're getting robbed next weekend you and i uh we, we were supposed to, we were supposed to go see cal poly at most state next this week well i guess on friday and saturday but uh series got canceled because of weather which is fair the high on friday is supposed to be like 30 yeah winter uh, 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 uh. all right how about another series that I just think we have to get to. I'm surprised we got this deep in the pod without getting to it. And that's a team that made the biggest jump in the top 25 rankings. I know you have an opinion about that, but the dirtbags of Long Beach State, how about taking two or three from the reigning national champions? They go from 24 to six and they get Luis Ramirez to set the tone and just move along after that, taking two of three against Mississippi State. What's your reaction to what happened there? Well, um, hmm, how, I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised. Like I, they're both uh, fantastic squads that were easily top 25 preseason. I don't think they're the sixth best team in the nation. I think that was a little bit of an overreaction by Baseball America from going unranked to all the way to six. But it's also like week one, and it's, the rankings are like, they change all the time. I'm not going to get all twisted up about it. But dude, Luis Ramirez is ridiculous. You were you were talking to me about him all the time during the Cape. That dude just throws wiffle balls out there. It looks like he's throwing blitz balls. He was filthy no, and he against was, that lineup too. no hitting them through six is insane. Oh my God. I mean, you take a series at the number three team in the nation. I mean, why not put them all the way up at number six? I mean, they win the first game three, nothing. Then they win 13, three. And then on Sunday fall 12 to four, but a really good uh, opening weekend for Long Beach State. And it wasn't just Luis Ramirez. They had some true freshman hitters Eddie. make a little bit of noise as well. So there, I think there's a, there's a lot to like uh, in what happened in the opening weekend uh, for Long Beach State. And you mentioned Eddie. Eddie Saldivar, what the heck is going on there? Five hits and 11 at-bats. Not to mention, in the first game of the weekend, he did it against Landon, Landon Sims. Sims. Landon Sims, who had such a great performance, but Luis Ramirez outdueled him. Sims went seven innings, one earned 13 Ks, no walks. One of the best pitchers in the entire country, if not the best. And then Luis Ramirez, six innings, five Ks, no walks, no runs. Or no, two walks, no runs, no hits. But Eddie Saldivar three hits off Landon Sims who doesn't allow hits to anybody facts um I this might sound dumb but I I almost look at like with Sims and Ramirez both well first of all yeah Eddie went crazy like that's an incredible showing for a freshman of any anywhere but uh, I feel bad for Landon Sims in a way everyone's talking about uh Long Beach as they should but I don't think it's that crazy to say Landon Sims was as good if not maybe a slight bit better than Ramirez overall just considering he went like he did give up the run set hurts, but he won an extra inning, uh, 13 Ks, no walks though. That's they both dominate. It doesn't really matter which one you choose, but I was, Oh yeah. Sims. Sims I was super dominated. impressed with Landon Sims. Landon Sims looked ridiculous. And he was crushing the top of the zone with that. Well, no, but like when long beach state, so you have Luis Ramirez, you have a chance against anybody in the country, mm-hmm, on, like just like they did beat Mississippi state. And he just shoved and no hits, no runs, but how about what long beach state can do when the game gets close at the end of the game, you just go to Devereux Harrison. I mean, he is, he has to be on your short list of one of the best closers in the entire nation. And he slammed the door shut against Mississippi state to start that series off with a win for the dirtbags. Yeah. He looked really good Friday uh, as good as advertising. Yeah. You're exactly right. 
you have a one run lead going to ninth, you're probably going to lose. If you, I mean, if you're down one run against Long Beach, you're going to probably lose. Like Devereaux's not going to give up any kind of runs this year. He's yeah, he probably is the best reliever in, in all of college baseball. I mean, there are there are a couple names, of course, that we can talk about, but he has to be up there um, for sure because he, I mean, he was he's just legit in Long Beach State. Long Beach State is a legit team, and honestly, you were wondering what they were going to get maybe out of a Chase Latrell, a guy who didn't get drafted who thought he maybe was going to. He went three for twelve in the opening weekend, but Caden Moeller went three for 10. Jonathan then, Long had four hits on Saturday. Yep. And Jonathan, Jonathan Long, yeah, he went six for 11 for the whole weekend, and he yeah. led Long Beach State with two home runs as well. So he's yeah. he's a huge guy for this offense. We know the pitching is just nasty. So that really is uh, some big-time stuff for Long Beach State and what they were able to do. I mean, you, you, you really got to love uh, what they were able to do overall against a really good team, a team coming off a national title. So kudos to Long Beach State. And yeah, I'm excited to see if they can stay inside the top 10 because uh, they're, they're certainly a, a team that's saying, hey, over on the West Coast, we want to be the top dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Long Beach State. But yeah, they, that was a massive statement. Uh, they deserve to ship the rankings. I just thought maybe a little overreaction from Baseball America, but it doesn't. it really doesn't matter a whole lot. What about uh? Do you, if you want to move along? What about a team? I don't know if there's overreaction, but a team that certainly uh, had some statements this weekend. A team that now moves into the top twenty-five polls. That is the Liberty Flames. How about the fire that came out of the series they had an opening weekend, Charlie? I mean, very, very impressive what they were able to do. Yeah, I think of the three series we're covering. We've, we're going to cover today. Uh, I think they're the most impressive. For sure, simply because like they're unranked. I granted, I they I was they weren't consensus unranked. They're easy. They're a fringe top twenty-five preseason for sure. Um, it was kind of weird. Like they hit really well, and uh, other than on Friday, you're like Hunter, anybody against Hunter Barco is probably not going to look good. That's just not how it works. Hunter Barco looked really good, but um, it was weird because the starting pitching for Liberty wasn't really all that great. Uh, Joe Adamitz was had a good solid outing with four innings and uh one earned run in five K's and a walk on Friday, but you're not going to outdo a Barco, but Trey Gibson didn't do great. And then Max Alba didn't do great either, but that, uh, the Liberty uh, bullpen, well, you five runs all weekend to that Florida squad in Gainesville and all five of them came for on against Dylan coming on, uh, I think Friday. So more or less the bullpen just didn't give up any runs besides one guy. And that was, and, that was, and, they, and they, they, they threw innings because the first, the deepest any of the starting pitchers for Liberty went was, that was Adamitz, who went four on a Friday. Gibson went three, and then Alba only went three and two-thirds. So they threw the majority of the ton of innings and looked really, really good. And, yeah, the bullpen basically the, on Saturday and Sunday was just nails. You talk about yeah. just picking up wins. And, they, yeah, they lose 7-2 to open the season. They're on their Tampa shit. Yes. They, I mean, they really are. And then – they beat number nine Florida on Saturday, six to four, and then beat number nine Florida on Sunday, five to three. So they pick up two close grinded out type wins against the ninth ranked team in the country on the road. And they pick up a series win at Florida. That's why they move into the top 25 Liberty, a good team. They grind it and, out. Uh, the bullpen doesn't give up a run on Saturday and Sunday and they're just nails. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy I, I just want to talk about because I was excited about him in the preseason too was you see what you watch Pierce Coppola on Sunday? A little bit. No, a little bit I did. Pierce Coppola loves box man. I, Pierce Coppola is was fun. He now 
the stat line four and a third, two earned runs, seven Ks, two walks. Like he was filling it up. He was throwing hard from the left side at six eight. His stuff looked really good. His control was better than I thought. He was kind of did get into some deep counts, but for as a freshman against a really good Liberty team with the, uh, led by Gray Betts and Aaron Anderson, the Pierce Copa was really impressive. I'm like, very excited. They have that's an ace of the future right there. He was no, awesome. You're right. And then of course, I know Florida and the SEC, they're a top 10 team to start the year. And they're obviously going to have some great showdowns when we get into SEC play with great, Barca. great showing for freshman pitches in general in the SEC. Hagan Smith dealt for Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, Burns for Tennessee went crazy as well. He was lighting the scoreboard up. There's just uh, there's the arm talent. In the SEC is a joke. It's insane. There's everywhere you look, there's just tons and tons of talent. Yeah, and so you see how Florida can kind of rebound from that. I know that they play Stetson on this midweek tonight, and then they play North. Florida, that should be a good game. North Florida tomorrow, as you are listening to this on Wednesday, that will be on Wednesday night, and then they play Georgia State. And, you know, you wonder what they can do. I mean, that Florida is obviously it's surprising that they maybe fall in that uh, opening series, but Liberty such a good team. And uh, this, obviously they fall, but Sterling Thompson had a pretty good opening weekend, two home oh, runs, yeah. five RBIs. He went four for 12 overall. And he's a really good hitter for this Florida team. Yeah, absolutely. Sterling Thompson's going to be a dog. The top of the lineup, like it's very talented. Like I'm um, Judd Fabian. You said Thompson, uh, Derek's Derek Fabian didn't look too bad either. Josh Rivera had two hits on Sunday. Like they have all the pieces. It's it, once again, like it's opening week. I don't like, I'm not, I have, don't have a panic button on anybody. So the biggest winners of opening weekend, obviously Long Beach state and Liberty, For sure. but there's another team on your radar and I want you to get to them. That's the Bryant baseball team. They're a big winner on the opening weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. And going to East Carolina and sweeping them, the number 12 team in the nation, according to D1, like that's a massive win for Bryant. I will say the Saturday game had a lot of controversy in the bottom of the ninth, that a potential walk-off that didn't happen. But I mean, you, I know that I also know that ECU didn't have Karsten Wisenhunt on Friday because he broke team rules. I don't know what he did. I don't really care. That's something you can keep in house. I don't, that doesn't bother me a whole lot, but like Bryant's always a solid squad and they showed it like, anybody can lose in baseball and like people need to remember that. And like, I think last weekend was a great showing. There were tons of upsets and Bryant was the most surprising. I did not see that coming one bit. Yeah. I mean, Bryant sweeping number 12. Fantastic. I mean, impress come, so impressive. I mean, come on. Yeah. In, 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 in better yet, uh, that, that is at number 12 to begin number 12 season, East Carolina. So definitely, especially you get, you squeak out, obviously a 10 inning win, extra innings, five, four win on Saturday. Then you win four to three on Sunday two one run wins to uh, open it up. So obviously Bryant kudos to them and probably the most shocking result of the weekend. How about some of the uh, losers of the opening weekend teams that maybe didn't perform up to expectations. I know ECU has to be in there because yeah. they got swept, but also a team we have to get to because they just have one loss right now. Oh, are you talking about a one loss rage and cadence team? Will? Yes, just like their football team did. The one-loss Raging Cajun football team, man. Their one-loss Raging Cajun football team in the fall, Charlie. They were really good. The baseball team, I know it's just been one weekend, 
but they're a one loss raging Cajun baseball team now as they go two and one against ranked UC Irvine to begin their season. A little bit of a one loss raging Cajun talk right now because of the fact that UC Irvine, I mean, they drop a series to the unranked raging Cajun surprise there. Yeah, you're right. I was surprised. That, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that the Cajuns got at least one W. I was. I did not have them winning that series. I thought Irvine would do. Irvine's just a really balanced team. But maybe that kind of shows you that, like we talked about it when we were covering Irvine, is besides Church, there's not really a lot of star power throughout that team. Just a lot of really solid guys. And then sometimes solid guys don't really come through, and the Cajuns took advantage of it. How about when we talk about other maybe results that we should talk about in the opening weekend, Dallas Baptist taking a season opening loss against SEMO. The first two games went to extra innings. SEMO won both by a run. Ultimately, DBU does get the win on Sunday, but it is SEMO that gets the opening series win against Dallas Baptist, and it doesn't get easier as they play number 16th-ranked Texas Tech on Tuesday night as well. But Dallas Baptist, uh, a season-opening series loss, uh, pretty shocking right there, uh, what you see from Dallas Baptist, knowing how strong their program is. But SEMO, formidable, and they kind of made a statement. Yeah, absolutely. SEMO is a team that I think is actually pretty solid. Andrew Keck's really good. Uh, They also had the worst – they're my pick for the worst jersey. Uh, for the weekend, their Friday jerseys were disgusting to look at. Like they made me want to puke. They're terrible. Uh, I'm not. This is like a yes. I was shocked that they lost. Like the DBU lost the series. But when you look at when you look at more context, like you mentioned that two of them were in extras. It's not like these are blowouts by any means. There's some heartbreakers where ball gets off the bat the right way. Good things happen. Uh, really, I'm obviously a bit massive W for Simo and. A, conference i think they could probably they have a potential to win in the ohio valley but i'm not i i'm not worried about dbu in any way but yes you're right uh be a, it's kind of rough if they get another loss tonight against texas tech but you never know and they had good starting pitching dallas baptist did i mean chandler yeah. arnold five and two thirds nine strikeouts and no earned runs and then jacob better five in just one hit in eight Ks and he just allowed one earned. So Metter and Chandler did really, really good or, or Jacob Metter and Chandler Arnold both did really good to start things off for DBU. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have much more to say on the, that series, but those are, those are just two teams that I think are both pretty good. I, I think the talent gap between DBU and SEMO isn't as far as uh, the casual fan would think. Okay. And then also when we talk about any other losers, you would say probably anyone that had the great grace of probably having to face uh Tommy White. I don't know about grace, maybe the punishment. I think that's uh it's right up there with getting 25 years to life and having to face Tommy White right now. I, I certainly wouldn't want to do it. And that's uh, where we start then our weekend rotation, top three performances from opening weekend. And I know Tommy White's number one. Who else did you have on that list? Well, so mine's a little, so yes, Tommy White, I'll read his stat line because it's just bananas. He hit 643 on base of 688, and then he slugged 1.714. Nine hits, five homers, three in his first game, grand slam Saturday, one Sunday. Like, if you, uh, Tommy White can't not be on here. Like he is, he has to. He's like Gretzky for the play, uh, players of the week this year. Like, he, if Gretzky's the goat, Tommy White has to be the Friday, the Friday guy in the weekend rotation for the first weekend. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Saturday, uh, I didn't get to watch much of the games, but I saw Kendall Rogers specifically just talking about him with the stats and he deserves it. Clark Elliott from Michigan. I know you were high on him. He was the batting champion in the Cape last year. We talked about him a lot on when we covered Michigan, the big 10 uh, 
preview. Clark, all you know, as you said, will I say, all he did was hit 462, got on his on base was 500, uh, 500 slugged a thousand, six hits, one double, two homers. Clark Elliott was fantastic over the weekend. And then my last one, uh, there are two guys I was probably going to go with, but I thought you might choose them slash they get enough national attention for what they did in Landon Sims. Like Landon Sims was incredible. And then Luis Ramirez, I'm going to go with a, a team that's near and dear to my heart and a guy that I think is an absolute dog. And that's Thomas Harrington of Campbell. All he did was six innings pitched, one hit, zero walks, 13 Ks. The dude was dominant. Absolutely. And my uh, guys, it's got to be K Doty with just how he raked, but it's hard to even like give it one and two. I might just give it to LSU's entire offense. Doty and Gilbert <laughs> can just take the Friday and then NC state's offense uh, can be right there on the bench on Friday as well uh, for my Friday. And then for Saturday, I got to go Bryce Hubbard. I mean, he was just unbelievable. Great, Chris, Chris McIlvain, my Sunday guy, but Reese Albert, I think is one of my honorable mentions him and Pierce Bennett. They both went seven for nine for their respective universities. Reese Albert from Florida State, seven for nine. And then Bennett for Wake Forest also went seven for nine in the opening weekend. So that certainly was uh, some big star power showcased in that opening weekend for those two. And obviously, I got to talk about Chris McIlvain and Hubbard for my two favorite pitchers, Dom Browski. I know we already well detailed what he did, but he's obviously a name that we talk about and how successful he is. But the, that's kind of my uh, at least weekend rotation for, from the opening weekend and week one in D1 college baseball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if, we, if we wanted to go by uh, platoons, I guess, like you mentioned, uh, Florida, like if you did that for, uh, I think Liberty's bullpen would be on there, LSU's bats, and then I would probably say the three starting rotation guys for Florida State, those were probably some of the three most impressive units in baseball this weekend. Well, I obviously got to go with one that I think is one of the best pitching rotations too in the entire nation, and it's because Florida State obviously is a pick, and Texas is obviously a pick, but how about what UCF did on the mound? How, how, how impressive was what UCF did in the opening weekend? I mean, Hunter Pattison is a really good pitcher. I mean, he's a six, four lefty and in the opening weekend, he just absolutely shoved five innings, nine strikeouts. He only allowed three hits and he allowed no earned runs and, it's UCF that gets a huge, I mean, they are going up against Siena, but they get the season opening sweep against Siena. They win 12, nothing, 16, two and 18, nothing, but the starting pitching, I don't care who you're playing. You don't allow an earned run the entire weekend. You're doing something pretty incredible. And that's what Hunter Pattison did to set the tone for this team. They have a really good pitching rotation. And I think that you got to say that the UCF Knights, let's keep an eye on them. Connor Stain and Hunter Pattison in that rotation. Pretty impressive, even though they're playing a bad Sienna team. I know Southern Miss, we talked about how good they are. Another thing I kind of want to recap is how about Mississippi Valley, Charlie? They went 0-20 last year. But they started the year 2-0. and They hit 448 as a team through the first two games. My hot take is that they will win a SWAT game this year. After going 0-20 <laughs> last year, Mississippi Valley went 2-0. and Now, <laughs> they started the year against Rust, who yeah. I think is what, Charlie, an NAIA team? Yeah, and that's no shame on NAIA. I don't, to my knowledge, like they're not, they're not like Southeastern. Like how Southeastern's a dog in the NAIA. I don't think Rust is that. 
Right. Rust is like the map you play on Modern Warfare. What is that? Yeah, is? exactly. Yeah, and, so, yeah no. maybe too. <laughs> that's, where no. play knife. that's where you play knife fight at. No, but when we were looking at obviously the worst teams in the nation in college baseball, when we were doing our sixth round of our draft, which you guys will hear later, Mississippi Valley has to be a team you consider. Um, but Mississippi Valley, I mean, they get uh, the biggest scoring day that they've had in six years. After what? How much? What was it? How many? How many runs? They scored fifteen to three. They beat Rust in the first game on Sunday. And then the second game of the doubleheader, they won 16 to eight And both of those games were just seven innings. So 15 and 16 okay. runs combined, they score 31 runs in just 14 innings and a huge, massive scoring day against rust. And they get uh two games. They win in that uh Sunday sweep. The first two games on Friday were postponed due to weather. So man, how about Mississippi Valley? I think they will actually get a swack win this year. Well, I hope so. They don't have enough opportunities to, for sure. Uh, I mean, they can only go up. They just doubled their win total from last year. Regardless of who they played, they still doubled. doubled so, no, they infinityed their win total. I, I just, yeah, true. Let's do, yeah, fair enough. But they got two more. <laughs> they had two more wins than they had last year. There we go. I wasn't a math major. <laughs> How about Pascanel Ferreris as well? Can we just give him a little bit of love out of the SoCon and how well the SoCon was uh, in the opening weekend? This a lot of people from the SoCon hit well and. Pascanel Ferreras from Western Carolina, who just absolutely raked. And I know it's not a hot take because Pascanel Ferreras was named the Southern Conference preseason player of the year. But Western Carolina, they begin their season four and oh after sweeping Niagara. They go four and oh, they score 22, 17, 18, and 15. So they just rake all weekend long. And they're going to, they're a pretty good team, but obviously the opponent a little bit questionable in Niagara, but they still, they still raked over the opening weekend, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, like, we've, I think it's been kind of a theme today, even like against lower competition. If you play that well, you play that well. You can't, you can't be mad about it. It's a positive regardless. No, absolutely. And I mean, they scored 72 runs in four games and hit 418 as a team. And Pascanel Ferreris, he, he, he had three doubles and a homer and eight hits and other guys hit well on that team also. So that's a pretty good takeaway. And I know that now we move along. And do you have any scorching hot 3-1 count takes for us here on this one, Charlie? I was struggling to think of one. I don't know if this really counts. Oh, where the hell did uh, I'm only going to say Tommy White hits two homers this weekend, even though they are playing Quinnipiac, so he could easily prove me wrong. Maybe he'll hit more. Who knows? But, yeah, that one. Um, hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Car if Carson Wisenhunt pitches on Friday, I don't care who they're facing. I think he's going to go eight innings, 12 Ks. Fair. Okay. Two hits. He's going to be pissed off. Well, now we're done looking back. Now we look ahead. Let's finish up here with – series to watch here for this weekend and break some of those down for the fans saying, okay, what's a good college baseball series I should watch this weekend. That's true. Also a question for you. Do uh, let's, I say we do, we give our picks for who wins each weekend too, and then we'll track it afterwards. Okay. Go ahead to you first. All right. So we have a couple of them for you guys today. So first one I wrote down was West Virginia at Charlotte. Uh, West Virginia is a team. I think, they're rebuilding, and they looked a lot better than I thought they would already, so that's a good sign. Like, J.P. Massey's really talented. Um, West Virginia at Charlotte, I still am probably going to take, take Charlotte two-to-one series win. I just love what they do. Have Charlotte has over there, and they'll be at home. 
David McKay break, Austin Knight breaks. The, they're, it's the Charlotte 49ers. They're, they're a squad. I'm agreeing with you. I think Charlotte and West Virginia will be a good series series to watch. I got Charlotte winning that series as well. Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's also just a good one for two just really good teams that aren't as nationally talked about. Absolutely. Week in, week, week, week in and week out. Uh, the next one I'm going with is Maryland at Campbell. Maryland's pitching looks awesome against Baylor last weekend. Uh, Maryland's just a really good squad that I was high on there. I think they have uh, – I'll give you one more hot take. I, I don't think – I'll give you like a long-term hot take just because I'll put my hat on it because it'll be fun. But I'll take Maryland to win the Big Ten. Wow. I really like their squad. They have good bats, good pitching. Uh, while I do love Campbell and I'm high on them, and it is at Campbell, I'm all, I'm going to take Maryland over Campbell. I don't unless I guess I guess two. They're not going to sweep. Campbell's too good to do that. I think that's if of all the ones we're going to go through, that might be the one I regret the most. But I'm I'm going to have to ride with it. Okay, I uh, Maryland at Campbell for my series pick. I'm going camp. Yeah, I'm, Sorry, going go Cam- I'm going Campbell. I think Campbell will win this series. I just think they they are a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they're nationally ranked at some point this year. I think Campbell's a really good team. I, I'm with you. I'm high on Maryland, and I'm, I think they will compete at a high level in the Big Ten. But I think Campbell might be just on a another level. Yeah, and this is one where like it really can go. This is a coin flip for me. And the other thing too is this is a I think this is a sleeper, just pitching staff matchup through the weekend too. Absolutely. So have really good staff. And then we know what Harrington and Cade Cooler can both do for Campbell. Like this is, this should be like, this should be, if you like pitching, this is a good series to watch. Right. And I know that Campbell in their opening weekend, they fell at Appalachian state, mm-hmm. you know, they went one and two, but I think they bounce back. Obviously they've got a midweek game tonight against East Carolina, but I think they, they get a series, uh, the series win at home against Maryland. Yeah, that's fair. I like it. I like it. So, okay, next one is we got Tulane at Louisiana Tech. I haven't really got a great chance to see either of them, but I don't, I like both these squads. I'm going to go LA Tech though. And let's call it, let's go, let's just screw it. Let's just go. I think LA Tech sweeps. LA Tech. I, I think LA Tech wins the series as well. I'm excited to watch them tonight, Wednesday evening. They play against LSU. Uh, so LA Tech LSU should, yeah. should be a good game, but LA Tech just swept Wichita State. I think I don't know if they sweep Tulane. I think they do win the series though. Yeah, I, I didn't realize they swept Wichita State, but oh well, I'll take I'll stick with it. Also, um, isn't it? Don't they say like La Tech? I feel like I feel like we're sounding crusty saying LA Tech. I don't know though. I don't Louisiana really know a lot Tech. Of we can say what LA yeah. Tech, La Tech, Louisiana yeah. Tech, whatever it is, they're Fast. good at sports. This is true. This is true. All right. Ooh, Nebraska at TCU. <sighs> TCU's the better squad, in my opinion. Nebraska's really good, too. Nebraska had a real rough outing. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna turn on Sarlis and Braden Taylor. I'm taking TCU 2-1. I'm taking TCU as well. But I think and... Nebraska, I think Nebraska's win is that they clap TCU. I don't know which day it'll be, but I think they'll clap them in their win. Yeah, I mean Nebraska that they they coming off a one and three weekend at Sam Houston. I, I like to think they reply and do better, but TCU, a formidable top twenty-five really team. Good. Yeah. And I think TCU might sweep in this one. Yes, I ooh, okay. I don't hate that take at all. I don't dislike that one bit. Hmm. All right. So what do we I'll let you go first in on this one because I'm trying to figure out still with Duke at Baylor. 
Okay, Duke. Which that's just ba- a good. That's just a fun matchup, regardless. Yeah, Duke at really Baylor. The next series that we detail here, and I, I think the Blue Devils win this series. I think, I, too. I, think I think Duke is pretty good. I mean, it was hard to know take much away from their opening weekend because they were at uh versus Virginia Military Institute. Mm-hmm. They did kind of concerningly drop the first game, then won the next two, and they get a two out of three series win. I think they do win the series at Baylor, but I don't think it's easy. I think this is one of the better series at least to watch in terms of close competition throughout the weekend with Duke and yeah. Baylor. It's a fun one of like Duke's had like you know I'm really high I'm really I'm really high on Duke this year they have a ton of really fun young talent, but like Baylor has Trey Richardson and Jared McKenzie too. Uh, Duke at Baylor, yeah. Um, I don't know. You think the youth might show against for Duke at Baylor though? Like Baylor's not a bad squad by any means. Like they're pretty good. And they got good youth. The Duke yeah. certainly has that. Yeah. Um. Mm, yeah. I'll take. I'm gonna take Duke two one. Like I think Luke Fox will shove. I think Marcus Johnson has a good bounce back. RJ, RJ might go crazy too in the outfield. Big Shrek. But I, I do think um, – Shrek is love. Shrek is life. When we move along, how about uh, your guys? And just breaking down a few more series here. How about Nevada at UCSB? And let's look the at Gauchos. what the, the Gauchos – Yeah, they beat San Francisco – in their opening weekend, a two so really, really of, convincingly on Sunday too. Yeah, they eleven put like to nine, one. Put like an eight spot in the sixth. Yeah, eleven to one win on Sunday at San Francisco. I think UCSB. I think they beat Nevada. I think they win in against Nevada in uh, this opening series or this series. I think UCSB will be too much at home. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. I know it's boring to say two one, but it's not easy to sweep teams. And Nevada is a really good team, and they had a, they had a fun series against GCU last week, who we're about to talk about. But yeah, I'm gonna take two one. Like my man Jay Sprinkles on the team. Uh, I was impressed by Harvey on Saturday. I, I like I like the pieces Santa Barbara has, and I, they're another team that can easily be a conference attorney. We're not conference okay. attorney, it's a tournament. Yeah. How about moving along? Two more series we're going to break down. GCU at UC Irvine. UC Irvine had the struggles opening weekend. I think they continue to struggle. I think GCU takes it on the road. Oh, I don't. I th- I'm, I'll think i take Irvine on that one for sure. Uh, Grand I just Canyon. think they're come out playing pissed. I think Grand Canyon, though, is I think they're, they're kind of slept on. Uh, I think Grand they're- Canyon is going to win this series. I think it's going to be close. I know Grand Canyon they lost their opening weekend. Uh, they went one and two against Nevada in their opening weekend. I think they respond. So both teams trying to bounce back from sweet uh, opening weekend losses in their series. But I think it's GCU who gets it done on the road. It's fair. I'm, I'm taking Irvine. Though. I think they'll come out and be Irvine like they usually are. There's just a really good squad. Not That's nothing against GCU. It's just I think Irvine's just the better team. Hey, that's fair. Now we move along to Sam Houston and what they're going to be doing here this coming weekend. Week number two of college baseball. It's going to be great. Sam Houston at DBU. And and for Sam Houston, they went three and one, like we just talked about in their opening weekend. They go three out of four against Nebraska and they play Oklahoma State on Tuesday night. And then they go at Dallas Baptist for three games. I think this is going to be the best series of the weekend. I think Sam Houston Ooh. takes it at DBU. Interesting. I like, I don't, 
I don't that is a good series. I'm not saying it's not. It's a really good one. I'm still gonna say I think Maryland Campbell's like my there's just a lot there's a lot of good ones that aren't necessarily top ten match like top ten matches, which is like I think pretty fun for the viewers. No, I don't no, I'm hmm. I'm gonna t- I gotta take D B. Like they barely lost to SEMA, like we were talking about earlier. Like D B is there's got really good pitching, they got good bats. I think I think they're the better squad and they're at home. Get the three oh they were at home before, I guess, but yeah, I'll take DBU. Yeah, that's a good pick too. DBU is Jace, really... my man Jace, my man Jace Grady. Yeah, no, DBU is really good. So I don't mind. I know we got my random obsessions of the week, my trends. One loss raging Cajun team. Let's continue to watch out for that. One Let's continue baby. to watch out for Bryce Hubbard. And if you ever need a measuring stick, however good a young man is in college baseball, let's always measure him against how good a guy like Kevin Biggio is in the MLB. I know that <laughs> makes no sense to anybody listening, but that's our measuring stick right now. Well, well no, that's yours because you're because. But like I feel like BG is an above average player. That's why I don't like I personally don't get like do what you want. I don't, it doesn't matter. No, yeah. Kevin, like saying Kevin Bichio is the measuring stick isn't like saying Bryce Hubbard's the measuring stick for pitchers because Bryce Hubbard certainly is such a good pitcher and Kevin Bichio is an above average major league baseball player. But when you were define it based off the leagues, I just uh, I, I just wanted to get his name in the podcast. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's that's fair. Let's move along though. I didn't want to spend too much time on that. As we wrap up this show and we toss it over to the draft, let's explain our small school draft before we uh, kick it over to our guys, Ryan Kelly her Robert Fry and us in the game uh, moving forward. So this draft is going to be non-power five teams. Uh, Non-twenty. So no. So we also use D1 baseball for our, our rankings for it. So they ha- could not have been preseason top twenty-five either. So that means there's no UC. You couldn't take UC Irvine. You couldn't take Long Beach State. You couldn't take East Carolina. I am forget. Thank you, or DB. That's what it was. I think so that was basically all of for people to get a grip of this. Us four, who all love college baseball, wanted to highlight some of the smaller schools like we did in our most recent episode as well. You can go back and check that out and see how we did on our predictions for small school players and teams. But also, I think that this the goal of this one is to basically say, hey, here are all the small guys. Uh, small schools, we're going to draft them. And how it works is we each had five rounds of teams we picked, a snake order draft, and you get one point for every win the team gets, two points for every series win a team gets, and three points for a series sweep. Then you get five for a regular season conference championship, three for a conference tournament championship, and three additional points if that team does ultimately make the NCAA tournament. And we'll update this throughout the year. And so we drafted all teams. The teams that were eligible were non-Power 5, non-Top 25 teams, so teams that we think basically are slept on that we want to kind of talk about. Absolutely. And then we also did a, a fun like bonus round that doesn't count towards these wins and stuff, but that was it's uh, teams that were sub 15 wins, it's the lovable losers category. So we each have our own lovable loser that we're going to watch this year as well. And uh, Fred, did we talk about what winners and the winner and loser gets in the actual draft or should we just like go over it again? Yeah, we'll just go over that real quick uh, before we send it to the draft. Yeah. So I'll just say it again if we didn't do it. So we decided that. So this also is we're not taking the point stop after the regular season's over. So anything, any postseason, as in the NCAA tournament and the road to Omaha doesn't count except for if they make, they get in as a bid. So after that, so the winner, whoever is the overall gets uh, the losers. So all the three of us will get a, we'll pay, uh, buy them like a piece of merch from one of the five teams or six teams. I mean that they drafted. So 
you'll see who those people are. So, and then the loser, the last place guy has to read if I did it by OJ Simpson and then come back and give us a book report on the pod about it. Yeah. So someone in last place will have to do that. So whoever gets fourth and then whoever gets second, third, and fourth all has to chip in around 10 bucks bucks to the winner to get them a piece of merchandise, 30 bucks. So probably a long sleeve t-shirt or a hat or something, but yeah, yeah. that's what we got for you this week on the midweek podcast. Uh, Now we send it to the draft. You don't want to miss this. We now are doing a draft. Charlie Bornoff is a little guy, so we're doing little schools. And, hey now, uh, hey now. Um, Charlie, let's let's get into it. We're So we're doing a draft, and we've already gone through all the rules, all the regulations, all the stipulations. You get suspended if you draft out of order. We get it. But let, let's uh, start things off, right, Charlie? Uh, we're, we're drafting small schools here, and me with the first pick, you know, oh, baby. Oh, baby, it's Liberty <laughs> Flames off the board first for me. That's fair. That's fair. That, that goes to Will Khan's team. Uh, team name is TBD, but the Liberty Flames are off the board. That's fair. That's a good pick. I knew that was going to someone. I knew that was probably going to happen. Like, they're the best. They're the Flames. They're fire. No pun intended. All right. So I'm up now. So I'm going to choose my virtual background. I'm taking a team that's near and dear to my heart. With the best name in all of college baseball, uh, mascot-wise. Let's take the Campbell, Finding Campbell's here with the 1-1 pick. Oh, wow. Zach Neto. Okay. okay. I love okay. I love them. Zach Neto, Thomas Harrington, Cade Cooler. Love the squad. They're probably going to win the Big South, so I'm taking them all day. I like it. See, now, now we head to me, and honestly, uh, I, I wish I could take some teams that were um, non-Power 5 and non-Top 25. Uh, but obviously that's, that's the rules again. So I can't. So with the third pick, I'm going to take something that's also a team that I know that will do great every year. And I'm going to take the right state Raiders out of the horizon. Ooh, I didn't have them. I was like, I didn't have us a, a round one, but that's not a bad pick. I like that. Okay. Kelleher, you're on the clock. So this is a team, uh, that is led by someone who I think will end up winning the conference player of the year. Someone who Will Con and I had the opportunity to watch down the Cape this summer. Um, Will, can you guess who I'm thinking? I don't want to because I want to pick them. <laughs> Will Con doesn't want to think, but they started the season off four and zero, oh, and that is the Western Carolina uh, Wildcats. Yeah, okay. yes. Catamounts. yes, the Catamounts, okay. the Western Carolina Catamounts, in Pascanal Ferreras. Yes, okay. I think they're going to run through SoCon this year. Um, and after starting 4-0 against Towson, including two double-digit wins, uh, I, or no, that was – I don't know what they started off this year. I'm looking at their old schedule. But, um, yeah, they had two double-digits, three, four double-digit wins against Niagara. I think their non-conference schedule is pretty easy. I think they'll run through the SoCon. I'm a little surprised I like by that. Take. It's not bad. I'm a, I'm more surprised that there's more than one school called the Catamounts because Vermont's the Catamounts, right? Vermont is also the Catamounts. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. no, this well, is now, Ryan, you're That's you're back on the clock, aren't you? We're doing a snake draft. I am back on the clock. Ryan's yeah. Back in, to back. In the term of the snake draft, I'm going to stop talking about uh, my first pick of Western Carolina. I'm going to move towards my second pick to a Northeast school. Oh, um, I know where, know what it is already. Go Bulldogs of Bryant, North Smith, oh. right down the road. I'm wow. going to I know Wilcon. Wilcon was thinking I was going to go a different direction, but I think this is. I think this is going to be a good year for Bryant. That's I have a good my pick. eyes on them. That's uh, a good pick. I like that's that. A good pick. That's a good. That's a good pick. pick. I like that one. Love it. 
I guess I'm on the clock then. All right. Well, uh, going to take a team that, you know, really uh, was one game away from the College World Series on a uh, Tuesday afternoon, and I'm going to take Old Dominion University. ODU for Robert. I like that. Old Dominion. Noah Dean, baby. Let's go. Throwing gas. Oh, man. (laughs) That's my favorite country star. You need to take him. (laughs) I am. Hmm. Who? Fuck. Who am I going with here? I got. I have many plays. I can go. I can zig and zag here. I got to see which photos I have downloaded those and put up on background. Okay. I can't. I'm about to erupt in excitement if Charlie doesn't take my team. Where the fuck? Oh, does that mean I get two in a row next? Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Oh, mm. oh, I'm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it just because, like, I got. I know some guys on the squad. I fuck with the squad. One, of, they're my second baseman for Chuck Cheese and elite players for them. Let's take the Charlotte 49ers. Smart, smart play. Okay. Okay. Smart play. The Charlotte 49ers. All right. But I like to say my draft strategy is like taking good teams, but since I have to watch them and support them on online, I have to actually give a shit about them. And that's what I'm doing here. Well, of course we're trying to get dubs here and I got a team who's going to get, who might have a pitcher that leads the nation and strikeout to walk ratio wins ERA. And he, he might be the best pitcher in all non-power five. And that is going to be Monmouth. That's the team that I'm taking. Oh, what? Fire me <laughs> up my second round pick, and now we're moving on straight into my third round pick. Southern Miss is off the board as well, baby. That is two fire yeah, picks sense. right there. We've got Fuego, we've got Dombrowski, and we've got a lot of fun. I'm 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 fired up. Okay, mm. I don't. I have, I can once. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You guys have not been taking the guys I thought you would, so this is working out really well for me. Well, there you go. Make it easy on you. All right. Same thinking as uh, I'm probably taking them around early, but same thinking with Charlotte. And since my support of this team and a player has been very well documented this week, I'm going to take UCS uh, Santa Barbara. Let's go, baby. Go Gauchos. Good pick. Jordan Sprinkle. I was going to take them, man. Now, I don't think they're going to win the Big West, but – they're going to finish probably top three, in my opinion. And I think they're still going to get me a ton of dubs. That's why yeah, I really they're 40 down team, to it. Really. Yeah. Uh, that's a smart pick. So I want to go out, out, out West here. And, you know, I was trying to decide between these two teams and, you know, looking at schedules, I think, I think this team might play a little bit better than the other team over the course of the season, but I am taking – California Baptist with my third. Cow Bap, okay. DJ Culpepper, baby. <laughs> you know, you just took the team I was going to take. I um, knew that was going to happen, too. Which is so upsetting, um, considering the fact that they opened up with Coppin State and go to Purdue, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Purdue. Yeah, yep. easy schedule, man. That one hurts, but this just makes me jump the gun on my next pick. Um, yes, fourth early fourth round. Uh, and I'm sticking in the Northeast. North, uh, I already know what it is. This is a school. No, I don't oh, think I don't? you do. This oh. is a school that finished seventh in RPI ranking last year. And I, I think they have is. some of the best one-two punches um, that comes with uh, Jake Noviello as well as Michael Sanson. And that is Fairfield University Stag. Ooh, that's, 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 pretty, that's, that's pretty good. 
they have a very easy schedule to start off as they open up with a two and one record against Elon, then go to Kennesaw State, then St. Joe's. Man, you you have me kind of as a sad boy right now because I I really did want to pick them. So man, you know, sorry, Will. Um, okay, and then sorry, Will. This next pick, uh, I can't believe they fall into the fourth round. That comes to I know. another Northeast school, and I might as well just say it. Oh no, Will! With that face, I might change to a West Coast school. I feel like our picks right now are pretty interchangeable. But I'm going to stick with the Northeast school. Um, someone who a friend of our podcast roomed with one of their pitchers. Uh, that is Northeastern baseball. The there we Husky. go. Uh, yeah. We're going to pick them. They're going to be CAA champions. Uh, and they're, they have a Golden Spikes uh, preseason watch member, I believe, in Schindler. So, and Sebastian Keene at the two. I think they're a great one-two punch in the CAA. I was waiting for you to take that take them. I knew it was. Right. Gonna, you kept saying Northeast. I kept going. I know. I'm like I was completely wrong. Man, that I wanted was, Fairfield. Fairfield. That's a that's lock. good pick. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good pick. So is it your boy up now? There. No, it's 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 I. It's I that's up. So I was thinking about this, and I'm like, hmm, where can I find an advantage in a conference that may or may not be weak, but has a few good teams led by one really good team. So I go down to the Atlantic Sun Conference and uh, going to go with the Hatters, the Stetson Hatters. Stetson. Interesting. I did not – I, I had them wait. on the board. I cannot wait. <laughs> little, little Jacob DeGrom action. Oh, I'm up. Uh, Holy crap. I'm up. Oh, God. Um, ooh. I need I, oh, I some real quick. Actually, no. I'm. This one's just purely for the vibes and the troll will con. Give me a one loss raging Cajuns team. Okay. Oh, okay. what? It's hey. not. It's not. It's not my favorite team actually, but it's the raging Cajuns. I'm not gonna say. And, and it's honestly, just fun to say. Like, it's so, not a bad pick. They just took two of three against a nationally ranked team. Facts. They're they were good, and just like their football team, they could end the year with one loss. So we 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 could see. Um, also, I want to say there's a there's one uh, there's a team that on that's still left out that I'm genuinely shocked has not been taken yet, and I might take them right now. I kind of hope you do. You might as well. You're going okay. To. Well, with my final pick. No, this uh, is the fourth round. Fourth round. You have you you back to back, so you're it's your second to last. So you'll be going right back into it. Well, no, I've taken Liberty, Monmouth, and Southern <laughs> That's it. Oh, so with my fourth and fifth picks here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with my fourth pick, and I'm going with a team. You talk about a weak league. They might they might make this league attractive. Oh, I know where he's going. And that is North Dakota State, baby. Oh, you better go bison on this one. Yes, sir. You, I need to stop saying I know what you guys are doing. I've been wrong every go time. Bison. No, I'm beyond shocked. <laughs> like every time. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. Well, what are we doing? <laughs> you better go bison here. North God. Dakota State. So now with um, well, if you don't pick this team, I I I mean yeah. I don't even know what I'm gonna say. All right, with my fifth pick, after I got my Bison, you hey look at the Bison's record last year. I'm They're not a baseball now, team just... in the Summit League, but all right, with my it's final, a football, pick, it's a football school. 
I'm going with the Belmont Bruins. What the fuck? Well, you're I'm just, wow. I'm not criticizing that pick. That's just you guys are not drafting. You want me to take Louisiana Tech? No. no. I was kind of thinking someone would take them, but no. I got my bison and I rounded out with the Belmont Bruins. Yeah, my sister's alma mater, and they're going to win their league as well. They're going to get a lot of victories, baby. And that's a field that I've been to before. And I beamed a guy at a showcase there throwing 81. So I that love it. boy. Yeah, that's fine. He probably didn't even feel it. Is hitting no. someone with 81, though, that's more of a pat than a beam, if you ask me. Yeah, it was just a little, little, little tap, tap on the one. shoulder. Yeah. yeah. There you See, go. Sorry, sorry to bother you, sir. I'm going for representation here, and they're probably going to run run away with the league too. Give me Jackson State. Okay, the That's swag in tie. That's hit. a smart call. The swag conference. That's a smart call. Thank so, you. this last team, I'm a little bit of an underdog here, but I think they they have a good chance here in the Southland Conference. And Ooh. the team I'm taking is McNeese State. Oh. Conference tournament winners last year. I think they they will surprise a few heads by the end of the season. Where is McNeese State? Is I I know I've known of that school for like a million years. Could not tell you a single place. I cannot tell you where it is, even remotely. Close. I think it's in Louisiana, but I'm going okay. to tell you that um, and not be wrong. It is in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Ooh, okay. They're not a 42 oh, yeah. win South Dakota State team though, or North Dakota State team. Well, you drafted a football school. I don't want to hear it, man. They had 42 <laughs> wins last year. <laughs> Just messing with you. And, uh, Mr. Yeah, it's Mr. Irrelevant now. Ryan, Ryan, your last pick. It is Mr. Irrelevant. I'm kind of torn at some spots. Um, man, this is tough. I have the absolute last pick. Um, and I think I am going to go a little bold. I'm going to go to the West Coast. No, I'm not. Ooh. I'm gonna go to the Mac. We're gonna go some action. Mac- We're getting some action. We're getting some action. I'm gonna go with a team that I didn't know was good at baseball till about Friday. That's fine. That is Central Michigan. That's a yes. great pick. They were on my that's board. A that's great a- pick. with Taylor. That's, that's a, a good pick. pick. That's a good pick. Hey, they were on my big board too. Well, that well, that's where I thought you were going with best pitcher and everything. You're saying the Midwest, and I was like, oh, this dude's taking Central Michigan, and then you just dropped North Dakota State on us. Bro, oh. North Dakota State is a 42 win no, team. No, I'm, I'm not hating on the pick. I just, I was, I would have bet the house that you were talking about Central Michigan when you were Oh, I would have bet the house I was talking about Trey Dombrowski. Well, yeah, he, wants numbers. he wants numbers. That's yeah. all I care about. I respect it. It's good picks. I think, I, I think my, my, uh, let's, should we discuss the team, our slots and everything? Yes. Go, let's, uh, okay. don't forget the most important round of, of this entire oh, yeah. Thing. Or should we should we just do the poo round now? Yeah, poo uh, round. I, I think we do the lovable losers. Yeah, the um, lovable losers. Um, do we want to switch up? So, do you want to go Ryan first? Then switch up the order. Snake draft. It's just a fantastic way to end back to where we started. Exactly. Um, and this one is going to be the most important pick of the draft. Uh, the first round of the lovable losers that goes to my home school of the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, the Minutemen. Let's go. Hopefully, get more than thirteen wins this year. Uh, up from seven from where we were my freshman year. Hey, that's that's good. It's progress. We got Beanpot coming up in about a month or so. We got BC on the schedule. We got Northeast on the schedule. We got Harvard on the schedule. 
you know, hopefully take, take that trophy home because we will Wait, not be home the eighth. Is, is the bean pot not only hockey? There is also baseball. What? But since BU doesn't have a baseball team, we replace them. Why don't why don't why don't they just call that the, they just call that the bean ball? You know what? That's a great point. <laughs> you're welcome. Right. But I don't know. Go UMass. It's not a bad pick. I knew you were gonna take you to tell me the whole time. I know I'm gonna take a team that the uh the guys at D1 Baseball enjoy a lot. I enjoy a lot. Don't you do it, Robert. Don't you do it to me. Go St. Peter's Peacocks, baby. Oh, thank God. Okay, we're good. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. They are just one of the one of the most lovable teams out there in all of D1 Baseball. Fair enough. Okay. This pick's slightly to troll Will Khan here. I'm ready to re- hopefully, I'm re- I don't know if I'm – not hopefully, but I'm, I'm going to take – a team that will like will, loves one of their players. I'm taking James Madison. There you go. Wow. I, I, I was gonna take North Alabama, but like, I don't know. I can't root for a team called the Lions. Wow. Just can't do it. So there's a team that like was decent last year, but like I'm I'm not gonna pick them. But I just want to mention that I think they're gonna lose a ton of games this year. A team out of the Sun Belt. Fun belt, okay. And that's Georgia Southern. If you look at their schedule, they're going to lose so many games. Now, I'm not picking them. I'm not picking them. I have a better pick in terms of loser. But Georgia Southern will lose a lot of games this year, along with, obviously, teams at the bottom of schools. I know that we're, we're, we're talking non-Power 5, and that is why my pick is a nasty team, and that is the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, baby. Nasty in which way? Nasty as in... <laughs> They'll lose. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, no, Will, Georgia are we Southern. Replacing, Look at are Georgia's we A10 wager right here. I mean, I have UMass. That's A10. You have the Bonnies. That's A10. We're gonna place a little wager on who but, finishes uh, the worst A10. Yeah, <laughs> winner. Winner has the worst team. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. I feel more comfortable talking about Georgia Southern having to play all these ranked teams. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have not only ranked teams. They open up against Tennessee, go to Georgia Tech for a one-game stand tonight. Um, then UCF, they, they have a chance to lose their first seven games. And then they play number 16, Georgia. Good God. Three different times. William & Mary, who's always solid. Then they Mercer play number 10, Florida Wednesday. State. Then they play number 21, Georgia Tech, again. But they, they were a winning team last year. I just think they're going to lose so much. They have the toughest, the fourth toughest schedule in the country. And they're, Jesus I mean, Christ. So, I they mean, also play App State, who is a tough Sun Belt team. Yeah. So they, they're, they're going to lose a lot of games. But I mean, they were second in their division last year. So it's like just dumb to pick them. They so play Arkansas start. State with uh, Mr. Tyler Williams on their team. That's another Sun Belt team. They play the one lo- that team in April. It'll be April 1st. They'll still be one loss, the Raging Cajuns. I think okay. So, how long are the Raging Cajuns going to be a one-loss team, Charlie? Well, well, as owner of the university now, um, regardless, it's kind of a perpetual one-loss. The one-loss represents that keeps you humble. No matter what, how, how bad it gets, how good it gets, you can always lose, and that's really the point of it. The one-loss is not; it's more of a metaphor than it is a reality. Okay, but how about was there any teams now that we're reacting to our drafts and then our toilet bowl sixth round? Are there any teams that uh, you guys were surprised weren't taken in the non-power five? Yeah, I, I actually uh, kind of want to. I kind of want to hit the waiver wire already. And drop oh, there's no waiver wires here. This is a. This is a. You this draft is old your team school. and go. 
this well, is old. I was this is surprised, old that, I was surprised that a UT Rio Grande Valley team wasn't selected. I'm not. I was surprised Louisiana Tech didn't get taken personally. I thought that was probably going. What about even Southern Illinois, a team that could easily get 40? Uh, they weren't. They weren't on mine. I considered it uh, Southeast Missouri State, though. There's, I thought about there's that. I, one I considered Georgia I State and Troy out of the Sun Belt as well. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, I was a little surprised. Central Michigan, I thought, was one of the best, yeah. like, bang for your buck picks of the draft. Yes. Ryan, my, Ryan, my guy, the best. Va- I think Ryan and I probably got two best values in the fifth, just simply because Jackson State's competition is just so much weaker. Honestly, I wish I could have picked a different team at my last five spot, and that is Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I also thought, I was I consider taking Nevada too. I feel like those two are kind of they give me the same vibe. I I wish I had picked Coastal Carolina. They were on top of my head when I went to bed last night, thinking about how much swag they bring to the field, how much power they bring to the field. Um, obviously, one more than other, but I chose Michigan. I have a question for you guys. Did anybody here have Santa Barbara? Like, were you guys anybody gonna take them? No, because I, I was wanted, going to. Take I, I know you wanted your your friend of the pod. That's fair. That's fair. I, I it's not a great. That's my worst value pick simply because they're probably the third team in the Big West, so they're not kind of negates my point totals from the conference championships and stuff. But I still think they could probably get a tourney berth, which will kind of make up for it a little bit. Plus, I'm yes. gonna plus I'm I'm gonna watch it regardless anyways this year, so I might as well have them. And we'll have we'll uh for people listening now, like you got our drafts, non-power five teams we want to highlight. Obviously, like Charlie says, small backbones of uh college. Small baseball. schools are the backbone but of college also, baseball. We, we can update these standings on you know a a weekly or every other yeah. weekly basis and just see okay, you know we'll have a little Excel formula. A win is one point, series win two, sweep is three. If you win your conference tournament. You know, you're going to be getting three, five if you get that uh, postseason, and then three if you make the NCAAs after that. Who I don't know if we picked a team that has a great chance to get to Omaha, but we'll see. Uh, li- uh, well, Liberty probably not to Omaha, the best not chance. To o- Omaha, you're not. Uh, Omaha's different because you got to go up against yeah. Jacob Berry, you know, and he he's, I mean. I'm I'm biased, but I not that I think unless it happened, I don't think Campbell has that. I don't think it's a crazy take depending on where the seating ends up, but I think Campbell's got a real good squad. I, I was shocked that you picked Campbell, but Zach Neto. I love him. That's love a guy, Campbell. Robert Fry. You need to learn about Mr. Neto. Also, I'm just really oh, high. Yeah. On, I'm really high on their one, two of Harrington and cooler. Like I really like both those guys. I think game. Fairfield. I mean, they led the nation in win percentage last year. I thought that yeah. was just, an they incredible. did, but that was also during a very, very soft conference schedule for them. Yeah. Um, the MAAC is not the strongest, and they had two losses last year, That's one true. coming in the postseason. So that, that, that was a weird one last year because, like, yeah, they didn't play a whole lot of good teams, but they also just never lost. So you can't really knock them for that either. I'm, I'm just going to watch the Summit League now. All right, okay. Should we figure out our, what, what the winner gets for this and then losers? Like the last yeah, place? we can wrap things up after that. So winner, I think uh, – I like I liked the idea, like – Someone wins, so let's say Will wins, right? And then so we all like chip in ten bucks to get, and Will get gets to pick like one piece of gear from whatever one of his six schools he wants. Like, well, I mean, Will won't be winning, but yeah, yeah, you get my point. Okay, I mean, who if you can agree to that that the so winner, ba- so the three ba- losers chip into the winner for yeah. one piece of gear. We can agree to that. We can. Agree all right, cool. That. And then I still think last place should be loser has to read if I did it by OJ and then give us a book report at the end of the year. I'm 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 with that. Or I guess not at the end of the year, be after because we'd have to figure out. 
I like, say that we also come back, on it. come back in a couple months and then kind of check in, do like a mid-season kind of a standings update. Obviously, we'll yeah. talk about it and we'll post updates, but maybe midway through the season, we can kind of break down and talk about all the regrets we have for maybe like a guy like me picking Monmouth when I think I love them, but they may not be good. They won't Ro- be good. But Robert Robert's picks stress me out because knowing Robert and working with him for so long, I just know he's trying to big brain us right now, and I'm just, I'm just not it's not sitting well with me. I mean Stetson, well, baby. Stetson, Robert, I will tell you, you're not in my head right now, so I will let you know that. I think I have in the, your I, head. How so? You're not in my head. They, these guys are both scared by by your analytics. I don't know you that well. Oh, so I'm not. not I'm not scared. Head. Well, not stressed, but here's the. I think I have the swaggiest order. The fighting Campbells. Campbell's Camels, the Charlotte 49ers who rake sweet gear. Also, I love that their one jersey is just the CLT. You can use your brain to figure out what we're all thinking there. The Raging Cajuns, one of the best names in college baseball. Jackson State has Deion Sanders in his Jackson State, Walter Payton. Like, you can't not love that. And then James Madison, Chase DeLauder. James Madison's going FBS in a couple of years. And PFT commentator. I'm going to DM that dude updates on James Madison each week to mess with him. Yeah, no, I like the picks. Obviously, we'll post the results and oh, let's yeah. get the fans' reactions to see uh, how our small schools are going to potentially perform. I'll put I'll put up a poll on Twitter for people and to vote on not which one for they like any the win or loss. But I'm excited to see how bad our uh, toilet teams are. Yeah, I'm, it's oh it'll yeah, fun. it'll be fun. They're the lovable losers, man. We gotta love them. UMass, exactly. Roll, roll Madison, James Madison, gotta love him. So, Will, how about this? Uh, Whoever has the better or whoever has the worst A10 school um gets dinner bought by the person with the best A10 school. Okay. We'll say this. How about how about at the knack or guapos? One of the two. Fair. For for your return to the Cape. Okay. Uh it'll just be it'll be a nice little Venmo or I'll, I'll drive 18 hours and get it for you. I mean, Either you're way. coming out to the Cape, so it's it's happening. What a guy. Okay. You're coming to the Cape, you're coming to visit. Either way. What do you guys think the best like value pick was here liberty and that's what's one one <laughs> liberty one one liberty one one okay. besides uh, your own how, besides your own draft picks what do you guys think i think like ryan took a really good one with brian i like that pick that was i knew i wasn't gonna get it i was out. very high on fairfield like fairfield was who yeah i would say there. fairfield too fairfield's a good pick like I stole fairfield. and did you know when they're on the road they only stay in fairfield are you making that up yeah, I just completely made that say, up. No way that's true. <laughs> be sick of it was. They just don't play teams that don't have Fairfields in their town. If so we had a non-power them. five draft for players, would you guys have picked Brooks Lee first? Well, yeah. I'm shocked you didn't pick Cal Poly. No, I knew he wasn't going to do it. I knew he wasn't. Well, that's San Luis Abismo does have a good Friday night guy, and they do have the best shortstop in the country. But other than that, you kind of look at the team with a little bit of question marks, don't you? They're, they're yeah. a team that can bat like 237 altogether. Yeah. I like Matt Lopez. He's not terrible. He's our deal. I believe Brooks Lee's younger brother is now on the team. Ooh. But is Brooks, he Brooks, Brooks Lee? Lee. Oh. Cal Poly is just – it's hard taking Big West because in Syria it's just kind of – it's so crowded at the top. All right, now I have a question for Robert Fry. Yeah. So we went through all the non-Power 5. We talk about some of the players and some of the teams – if you had to rank power six, seven, and eight, who are the best three non-power five conferences? And is Conference USA in that conversation? 
Conference USA is absolutely in that conversation. Uh, it's the Big West. Mm, yes, and mm, yeah, it's the the talent disparity is very high between. I mean, you have Chase Latrell. I mean, how about we just how about we do this? We look at the uh, old conference rankings in terms of talent, and I can let you know based on the last eight years of data. Okay, this is that. live on the pod. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving UC Santa Barbara. And also, gauchos. I, I am like, I can't wait I to watch the Summit League. Like, I'm still hung up. Like, you guys are sleeping on the bison. We're not I'm, sleeping on I'm the just, bison. I'm, not, I'm just not going to watch much Summit League. I'm just going to be honest here. I'm surprised nobody took St. Thomas going straight from D3 to D1. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> I did. I thought about Bellerman for half a second for the bad squad, but like that seems anti Quincy, so I couldn't do it. Oh, the Bellerman, former GLVC. I was thinking Utah Valley. How about but, next year? We can, we can pick Southern Indiana, the Screaming Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have less of a problem taking them, honestly, for some reason. I mean, they. And they then Lindenwood eventually is going to be there. Gone to three World Series since 2010, won one of them. Northeastern's yeah. very good. Yeah, Robert, uh, I remember my freshman year, uh, Delta State and Southern Indy both came to Quincy for, like, opening weekend for, like, a little tourney. And mm-hmm. Southern Indiana had a guy who, like, his velo change was, like, 88 to 97. It was just blowing my mind. I was beyond confused. And it's it wasn't a hot gun. The gun, gun. The, <laughs> no, the gun was reading fine. Like, he had, like, two words, like, 88. And that was probably just me being an idiot freshman, like, realizing his throwing. I don't know what the hell. It was all the same pitch. He just literally, but then he, like, popped, like, 397. So it was throwing me the hell off. So based on talent rankings, now I have it pulled up um, that I've been working on. Number six, in terms outside of the power five, number six is Conference USA. What I tell you, Will, Robert, I told them before Conference the podcast. USA. I love Conference USA. You have the best country singer ever. Okay, that's a little hot take. What? But you have Old Dominion. <laughs> And then you've just got some great Southern Miss, baby. Charlotte. Who? Are, no one's talking about that Southern Miss pick that was made. No, that was a good pick. I thought about taking them in like the second round. Southern I, Miss I just is a Charlotte. good pick. I mean, it's it's between ODU, Charlotte, and Southern Miss in that conference. Yeah, facts. Robert, uh, I said, told Ryan and Will before the podcast. Podcast was like, uh, if Power Five is like the one percenters, Conference USA is the upper middle class. Oh, yeah. Conference USA is like, right there. Conference USA drives mid-level accuracy. Okay, then who's, like, below poverty line, then? Below A-10. poverty line? A-10. Uh, in terms of talent? A-10. The the worst, the I say the... The, the Mac? The oh, Ivy League. Ivy League has to be the worst, probably. No. So, in terms of talent, the least favorable conference is the SWAC. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. That, the, I mean, the bottom the of the didn't terrible. compete one year. Like, it's hard to even archive all that data, you know? True. No, the SWAC, the SWAC's just like, I think SWAC's getting a little better, but like, the bottom is just kind of boo boo butt cheeks. And then in terms of like six, seven, and eight, so seven, this might surprise you a bit. It's the AAC led by East Carolina. Then you That's have. That's not too crazy, though. It's not too crazy, but it's a, a smaller conference. And yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like CUSA's like less hot sister. Yes, more or less. Yeah. And then lastly, again, like another, another conference um, based on 
And this is based on this was before Coastal Carolina went into said conference, the Sun Belt. It would be number eight. Sun Belt's number eight? Yeah. The Fun Belt, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, there is a fair amount of talented teams in there. Facts. I'm to, oh, at the end of the year, I'm for sure making a uh, a uh, what's oh my god, a, uh, all star team of my six squads just because I want Chase Delauder on the team. So I'm gonna pull off James Madison for that. Oh yeah. Well, that sounds good, guys. Um, good show today. Um, any any final comments from Ryan Kelleher? Uh. Will Con, I'm honestly kind of shocked you didn't pick BYU as well for our guy Reed McLaughlin, um, or or for our friend uh, Sam Beck uh, over the U- USF Dons. But honestly, I can't wait to um, take your money and uh, also get the free dinner on you because I know that my teams are significantly better than yours because Northeast baseball is uh, deep and true. But thanks for having me on. I, I have right. one last thing to say, guys. I, I, I think there's some teams that could buy us in the ass we didn't draft them. I think a few of them are UConn. Yes. Even yeah. though they, they don't have Crawford, but UConn's no still really, Yeah, they don't have Reggie, but they're still pretty darn good. Yeah, tough schedule. Nevada, they're a sleeper team. USC Upstate, I could see them getting some good value out of there. And then Grand Canyon, and then my last one would be Gonzaga. Gonzaga was actually the team I was looking at before I drafted uh, Central Michigan. Because remember I said I'm going to go West Coast. And then I decided not to. And said, you know, Central Michigan instead. I was going to go to Gonzaga, but I don't know enough about Gabe Hughes. So I was like, I know I hear he is, but I don't know what's behind him. That's that's totally fair. Gonzaga's good. A full disclosure, I didn't – like, Ryan, like, you looked at the schedules. I didn't look at them once. I was just going off, like, teams I rock with slash I know are not bad at baseball. I was also very much looking at uh, RPI as well from last year. But It's very fair. All right, well. Well, we'll see you boys uh, a little later. See you next so, week. Are you working? We got to draft someone else sometime. All right. All right. Take care. That was the Midweek Pod uh, draft special. Thank you. What is it you want to do when you grow up? Hey, yo, I'm going to be on Tid Out. That's how my eyes can see. Victory is mine.